Happy Sunday to you. Uh, and the Tigers sweep the Orioles. Now, I take you back to last weekend when we talked about the need for the Tigers to, to, to flip the script, if you will. Because, look, everything was falling apart here. And, and look, it's not any better. Uh, don't kid yourself. But what, it, what we were hoping, at least after getting swept by the Strohs down in Houston, you figured, okay, if you can take three of five from Oakland and then you take a couple from, from Baltimore, you start feeling better about yourself. You start feeling like things have turned a bit. Well, they only beat the Athletics once in that five-game stretch. Uh, the hitting continued to be abysmal. And in the Baltimore series, they outscored the Orioles uh, 12 to 3. And they win today 5 to 1. Off of, uh, off, look, if there is one, uh, I don't know if it's, if, if it's the, the, the gem of this roster, if it's the gem of this organization, I look, I don't know. But I'll tell you, at least Tarek Skubal is doing his part. At least Tarek Skubal is doing his part. Because once again today, Tarek Skubal goes out and gets the job done. And and it's not only just the fact that he's getting the job done. It's that he's doing it like like he's, I don't know, is it... Is it too much to say he's dominating? Maybe it's too much to say he's dominating. Mixing his pitches very well. 11 strikeouts Mi- today. Look, in he has been an innings eater so far for this team. In the seven games started, he's thrown nearly 40 innings, given up 35 hits, 11 earned runs, two home runs, eight walks, and... Look, he's got a whip of just over one. ERA at 2.5. Those are pretty darn good numbers. So I, I really like the spot that Tarek Skubal's at, but it almost feels like, like a Red Wing goalie, where if you're not getting the defense in front of you, it's really hard to win games. If this team is going to remain somewhat dormant at the plate, it's going to be it's going to put pressure on the pitching staff. But so far, Tarek Skubal has handled it really well, really, really well. Um, and and even to some extent, Eduardo like I really like the Eduardo Rodriguez signing in the offseason. Um, again, pitched just uh, nearly uh, thirty nine innings. A lot of the same numbers uh, from from Eduardo Rodriguez compared to Tarek Skubal. Uh, more earned runs, giving up less hits, giving up a couple more home runs. Um, but he's got an ERA of, of 3.7. And, and look, I, I think there's some improvement to be had there, but that's kind of Eduardo Rodriguez. That's kind of who he is. But those two guys are it right now. And then when you've got... Um, when you've got the staff in the way that they are right now, it can be difficult 
to continue to operate at, at the level you need to operate with Casey Mize being pulled off his rehab assignment. Uh, today, Tigers lose uh, a couple of outfielders. Austin Meadows has been battling vertigo. Uh, he did start today, but that lasted, well, he was in the game for what? I think he had one at bat, Jace? Yeah, just um, one at bat, yeah. And then and then Victor Reyes, who had just been on the injured list, um, aggravated his right quad. So, look, now you're dealing with more injuries. And they lost Pineda yesterday. Yes, you lost Pineda yesterday. You're going to see Matt Manning, Victor Reyes, hopefully return. Um, but this is, look, you, you, you hoped for a few more wins in the, Oakland, in the Oakland series. And now that you don't have it, things start to, they start to look a little hairy. Things start to, well, they, they don't look great. Because now you've got a date with Tampa Bay and uh, followed by a series with Minnesota. Who Minnesota has been, oh, look, they've been pretty good this year so far. Uh, shocking, but it's the case. Oh, I'm sorry. They got uh, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, then Minnesota. So, I, I look, I, I continue to be lost with this team. I, I continue to feel like there isn't enough talent here. And Jason, with the with the way that AJ Hinch was able to manage his way around last year, the way that he was able to kind of, I, I don't know, he was able to get them to play above their level, right? Especially yeah. in the second half of the season post All Star break, felt like okay, this guy is going to get everything he can out of these players. Well, maybe he did get everything they they've got, and it was last year. And, and I, I continue to watch these games and wonder what the answer is. Like, I'm at a complete loss. And, and look, we could play the blame game. I have really no interest in that. At this point, it is what it is. So things need to start changing going forward. I saw Al Avila say the other day that uh, most Major League Baseball teams around the league are envious of Detroit's pitching staff, be it in Detroit or in Toledo or in Erie or in West Michigan, wherever it is. Um, well, then great. Let's start moving some of those arms for some bats because we don't have money here. And then I think that's where, you know, I, I come at a lot of this from a fan perspective. And the frustration here, much like the Pistons, quite frankly, who you, you kind of saw... Uh, this past season and you're like, Oh man. Okay. They've got something working here. This, this combination could work and let's get somebody like Kate Cunningham in the mix. And, and this thing is really going to start frothing up. Well, unfortunately it kind of fizzled because injuries, COVID protocols, whatever. And they were just never able to find a groove because they were never able to play together till late in the season. And it just feels like that's kind of the case here, where you expected more than we're getting. With the Pistons, it's a little different because, I don't know, the, the rebuild feels like it really started when Troy Weaver got here. Alvila's been here for, what, six, seven years, eight years? It's, it's at the point where 
I feel I kind of feel like we're up the creek with no paddle. Like I, I don't know what what the direction is here. Is, is is it time for him to go? I don't. Because you I can't really blame AJ Hinch. He's only in his second year, and look what he did last year. So it, you can't really go on him. It's, it's got to go it's, on him. I don't put this on AJ Hinch. I, I don't. I don't think any of this falls on AJ Hinch. Um, but do you fire a general manager in Major League Baseball midseason? You know, not even a, a fourth of the way through. That's Oof. that's that's tough. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think that's something you can do. But with that being said, look, I don't, I don't, I just that's the frustration that I think a lot of people feel is they don't know where 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 the blame should be. I think a lot of people will blame Alavila. But at the same time, it's I just feel like we're we're lost. And that's the frustrating part. Because we feel like we saw a glimmer of what this team could be last year, and they have not only underperformed, but they have woefully underperformed. It's it's not about meeting expectations. I don't think anybody expected them to win the division this year. But they have woefully underperformed. More on sports wrap as we continue next this Sunday night here on WJR. Lots to do. We're going to break down the NFL schedule, how it looks for the Lions. And, and I, I've got to well, talk about Jordan Spieth, Byron Nelson going on down at TPC Craig Ranch in the Dallas area. Lots to do tonight. Don't go anywhere. Sports Wrap continues right here on WJR. All right, before we get into the uh, Lions schedule for this season, which i got to be honest, uh, the whole pageantry around the NFL schedule release is a little much. Can we? Can we not it it just feels like just who are we playing let's do this i mean it's 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 just it's gotten to be a little much for me um lions did wrap up rookie minicamp and dave burkett had a really nice write-up in the the detroit free press uh i urge you to go check it out i want to give you a couple of the hits uh jamiston williams of course dealing with that acl injury uh, of course, hasn't done very much. Um, said, I'm used to moving fast. This kind of slows you down a little bit. So really, patience was the main thing I had to deal with. Um, he did apparently run down to celebrate with some receivers after a couple of long catches. Uh, I'm sure he was scolded <laughs> for that. Uh, and so, um, look... We talked about it when he was drafted. Williams, there will be some patience there. You got to wait a little bit. This this is not going to be a toy you're going to be able to play with for a few weeks. You got to look at it. You you know, Jason, remember uh, you you get a toy and maybe you did something wrong and your mom put put the toy up on the fridge or something somewhere you couldn't reach it. You can see it, Mm -hmm. but you can't play with it because... Well, she, something she, happened. It would always go in those cabinets above the fridge that nobody sure. can reach. It, exactly. <laughs> Why those exist, I'm not sure. Uh, so, look, the bad thing here is Williams has an ACL. So now you gotta you got to just kind of watch him a little bit, and then eventually you get to play. Eventually you get to see what he can do. But that's not now. Um, He has been engaged with meetings, lines, and no hurry to get him back. Uh, James Mitchell, also the uh, tight end that was drafted in the fifth round, uh, also dealing with an ACL. So he is um, out as well. 
Now, uh, a couple of other observations from the Burkett piece. He said he spent a lot of time watching the defensive line run through individual drills Saturday. First-round pick Aiden Hutchinson has violent hands and moved incredibly well through a pop-up dummy circuit for being 6'7", 268. There's no question he will provide significant help in the pass rush department this fall. But Hutchinson's polish aside, the thing that stood out most to Burkett in those drills was the second-round defensive lineman, Josh Paschal. He was first up in every drill. Uh, of course, we we I, we talked about it when Pascal was was uh, drafted. He has a long history of being a leader. He's the only three-time full-season team captain in Kentucky history. And a scout apparently told Burkett this spring that Pascal had the makeup to be president. Um, said I just want to set the tone. Be the guy that goes out there and makes the and jumps up in front, not scared to make a mistake, but just go after every drill with everything I got. Um, and Jake, doesn't that sound like somebody you want on this team? Does that sound like a Dan Campbell type of player? Absolutely. It, 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 mm-hmm. it, it makes all the sense in the world why, with with the skill set of Aiden Hutchinson going number two overall, and then with Pascal there at the position he was in in the second round, I, I understand now why they took him. Aside from from the way he can play in the field, he can play football. Um, but from a leadership, from those intangible aspects, you see why they like this guy. So that's great news there. Um, Chase Lucas, also the seventh-round pick, saw a lot of time uh, at cornerback Saturday in the slot. Uh, five-year starter at Arizona State. Um, who played most of the last couple of seasons inside. Um, said he likes playing in the slot because he can diagnose a lot of things and he's instinctive. Um, so look, those are a couple of the of the um some of the highlights. Uh, also James Houston, out of Jackson State. Um was playing off the ball. He was an outside linebacker at, at Jackson state, um, doing a lot of film watching. Um, Khalil Pimpleton out of central, who was an undrafted rookie. This team signed was making plays five, eight, one seventy two, kind of a shifty slot receiver. Um, so we'll see how he pans out. Um, and again, that 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 locker room in that uh, in that wide receiver room has been that's been upgraded. So there will be much more uh, a, a, a much bigger competitive vibe in that room because now you've got some players. You got a burner, you got a bona fide number two, and and you've got kind of the grizzled veterans like like DJ Shark. So it's been an upgrade. Um, so those are a couple of the observations from Lions rookie minicamp. Uh, and, and they're going to start getting into a lot more football here as the, as the, the, the days and weeks go on. So we'll keep, uh, keep you in the loop on what's going on. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break. 
I want to come back and I want to I want to talk about the Lions schedule because there are some really strange things about this schedule. I'll give you my thoughts on on kind of the strength of the schedule, whether or not they've got an opportunity to double their wins, maybe maybe more. We'll do that next as Sports Rap continues this Sunday right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. I want to break down this Lions schedule released this week. Um, first of all, Jason, what were your initial thoughts of this before we, we kind of do a, a quick uh, a game-by-game breakdown? What, what were your initial thoughts? It's a, it's a very easy schedule. You know, it, it, it ranked, it's the fifth easiest schedule in the league. So that was initially just going through it. I'm like, well, I mean, that's, but you know, they won three games last year. So this is what you're going to expect. Exactly. So, uh, the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL next year and the lions, what, what initially caught my eye is there are no primetime games. So you don't have a Thursday night game. You don't have a Sunday night football game. You don't have a Monday night football game. You got none of it. You got one o'clock kicks across the board, except on Thanksgiving when they host the Bills. That kicks at 1230. So every single one of your games starts at one o'clock, which was strange. Usually you get a four o'clock kick if you go out west, um, which I know they're not uh, going out west. Uh, but generally you get some of those games, uh, you know, like a Dallas or a New York would play it at four. That, I, so didn't, I, I did not was, notice that. I, sw- I, I did not notice that every game is one o'clock and they're at Dallas, but that game's a one o'clock kick as well. One o'clock kick <laughs> wow. in Dallas. So uh, kind of a strange uh, scheduling from a, from a time perspective. Uh, also, there is no time set for the Green Bay game, which is the last game of the year. Lions go to Lambeau Field January 8th. I mean, okay. For for as for as generous as the schedule makers were for the Lions, they did them no favors in that game. Uh going to Green Bay January 8th. All right. So so here's how this thing shakes down. Lions open the the tilt on September eleventh versus Philly. Uh what are your initial thoughts on that, Jason? I am going Win to loss. to say that's a loss. I agree. Uh, Washington in week two, September 18th, they're at home, back-to-back home games to start the year. What do you think of of Washington? I've got uh, I've got them winning uh, week two against Washington. All right, I agree. I think it's very uh, important they win that one. I completely agree. I completely agree. And And look, I think that team is in a position of – like uh, we talked about the Tigers a little bit, kind of uh, up the creek without a paddle. I don't know where this team stands. Like I, I'm, I'm really kind of lost on on where this team is going. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be your quarterback. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, give me the win there for the Lions. Uh, then they go at Minnesota in Week Three. I've uh, I got a loss for this one. All right, I'm going to take a win. I'm going to give them, they're going to be 2-1 and one to start the year. I just think Kirk Cousins is no good. I mean, look, I, I just don't know how 
you expect Kirk Cousins to kind of hold the pieces together every year. I think the Lions shock the Vikings and win that game in Minnesota. Uh, Week four versus Seattle at home. No Russell Wilson. Uh, What do you think? Well, is is Drew Locke going to be Seattle's quarterback for the season? Who knows what they do, but I'm going to give them a win here. I agree. Uh, Then they go to Gillette, take on the Pats. What are your thoughts on that game in New England? That's going to be a loss. I agree. Uh, Then they have a bye week. That's also going to be a loss. Going to week seven. (laughs) uh, Lions never win the bye week. Uh, They go to Dallas. Jason? Let's see. Now, this uh, this one's very very intriguing for me, but I'm going to have to give the Lions a loss here. I agree. Lions lose in Dallas. Then they host the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, Tua, the whole crew. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game versus Miami at Ford Field? Miami could. Uh, Miami's going to score some points this year. I'm going to say this is also a loss. All right. I'm going to give the Lions a loss there as well. Then they host Green Bay November, 6, uh, November 6th at home, 1 o'clock kick against the Pats. No Devontae Adams, by the way. I don't know who they're going to throw the ball to. Go. Loss. Loss. I'm going to give the Lions a win versus Green Bay at home. Still Aaron uh, Rodgers. I still got to go with with the Packers. Fair enough. Uh, November 13th at Chicago. Oh, God, it's gotta, that has got to be a win. I think Chicago is maybe the biggest dumpster fire in, in the NFL. <laughs> Absolutely. I just I don't same thing. They are they are going nowhere. Uh, they travel to the Meadowlands, take on the G Men. Uh, uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on the game against Oof. the Giants, November twentieth? Now I know you so far have one road win. I don't have any. I'm going to pick my first road win right here. All right, I'll take a win there as well. Uh, at home versus Buffalo, Thanksgiving. Might as well get to the uh, dinner table very early. It's going to be a bad loss. I agree. Then they take on Jacksonville again at home, December fourth. That's got to that's got to that's got to be a win. Got to be a win. Then they host Minnesota the next week. Three home games in a row. I'll give them a win here too. All right, I'll give them a loss here at home. I think they split with Minnesota. I get. I think they get their first win on the road against Minnesota. They go to New York to take on the Jets. Ooh, this one's tough. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say a loss. I'm gonna say a win. They go to Carolina Christmas Eve to take on the Panthers. That's got to be a win, right? It's. I mean, on paper, it does. Uh, give. Yeah, give me a win. All right, then they're at home versus Chicago, January first. Oh, again, Chicago got to be a win. All right, and then you go to Green Bay January 8th. And this one's tough because Green Bay could have clinched. Um, Let's give it a loss. So I've got the Lions winning seven games. I've got eight. Eight, Is that fair? I think it's fair. You know, that's kind of where you'd like to see them progress to. I think I think that's exactly that where you'd area, like yeah. to see them progress. Um, again, you don't expect, uh, but here's the thing. Truthfully, I, if there ever was a year for something to happen, 
The Bears stink. The Packers don't have a receiving core. And and then in Minnesota, you've got Kirk Cousins. Like, this division feels like, for the first time in a few years, that it's kind of open, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like it's a bit up for grabs? Maybe if Aaron Rodgers were to have left. But so you think Aaron Rodgers with a team full of Marquez Valdez Scantlings and Alan Lazard a bunch of football games and Alan Lazard. <laughs> I think they're good enough to win the division. Now, as far as like what they did in the playoffs last year and they were an early exit, that might be the same result this year, but they're definitely good enough to win this division. I, I mean, I agree. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I just think that the lack of a real pass catchers is going to be a problem, even with Aaron Rodgers. Because as soon as that ball leaves his hand, it's not up to him anymore. And, and you know, Devontae Adams never dropped the ball. Like, it, it's like his catch radius was out of control. And it just feels like if you don't have that guy, you can't necessarily bank on Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. And we're not, so we're obviously not going to break down their schedule, but like the, the Packers, even if they win, say, 10 games, I'm, sh- I mean, that's because I would consider Minnesota the second best team in the division. Are they going to win 10 games? I don't think so. The Lions aren't going to win 10 games, and the Bears may not even win two. So I, I, I still think the, I think the Packers are still good enough to win this division with what they have. So I think this thing sits right in that seven, eight. I mean, you could even go six to nine. Right, somewhere in that range. If they double their win total from last year, I'm happy with it. Really, they should have won a couple of more games last year. Like, uh, there were a couple of games that they should have won, right? So let's just say if you double your wins from last year, I think that shows fans that you're headed in the right direction. If you get into that 7-8 area, I think fans are going to be excited. And then I think if you get into 9 People are really going to start believing in this thing. People are really going to start, from a fan base perspective, really buying in to what Brad Holmes, what Dan Campbell and company are doing. Sure. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm 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 very intrigued by this schedule. I think it's very Lions friendly. Um, but we'll have to see how this thing shakes out. I think this is a better team than they had last year, and really they should have won five ish games. So I I feel really good about where this team is at from a talent perspective, from a from a uh, effort perspective, and I think this particular schedule really favors this team. All right, I want to give you a couple of of updates of big games going around in the NBA, the NHL tonight. Uh, Celtics knock off the Bucks, Game Seven. Uh, at the Garden in Boston, 109 to 81, 22 three pointers made by Boston in that game. Jason Tatum, 26 points, six rebounds, eight assists. He was an absolute animal the other night. Uh, had a really nice game again uh, today. Uh, at eight o'clock, tip for Mavs Suns. Uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Game seven in Phoenix. Um, Look, Luka Doncic has performed marvelously in these spots. Will he do it again? We'll see. Averaging almost 30 points per game in the playoffs. 
uh, really almost averaging a triple double in the playoffs. So we'll see what Luca's able to do. In the meantime, uh, yesterday, um, a, a couple of other really uh, interesting games in the NHL. I want to start with Saturday. So, uh, Bruins lose to the Canes three to two. Carolina wins that series in game seven. Uh, so the Canes move on, knock out the Bruins. Lightning beat the Maple Leafs, who, by the way, uh, that Maple Leafs team, they've got a ton of talent. I mean, just a ton of talent. Uh, so, and they're a really, really fun watch. Lightning get it done, two to one, game seven. Uh, it was the Oilers over the Kings, two nothing in game seven as well. And then today, a couple of uh, intriguing matchups tonight. Uh, one a puck drop uh, at seven o'clock in New York. Pens Rangers. Uh, the over under six there. By the way, I'm going to take the under in that game. I think that's going to be a much closer game, low scoring game. Uh, Stars in Calgary to take on the Flames uh, as well. That's a nine thirty puck drop uh, as well. Those are both game sevens in the NHL as well. All right, we got to take a quick break. Come back, spin on golf coming your way at seven o five. We'll talk Jordan Spieth. We'll talk to Byron Nelson uh, because that was quite an entertaining finish uh, down the stretch just north of Dallas. All that and more as we continue here on Sports Wrap this Sunday evening. Uh, all right, Spin on Golf coming your way at 7.05. I, I want to, first of all, I, I, I want to talk to my friend Jordan Young. <laughs> oh, Jordan, bring it. Jordan, are you okay? Are you look? It's look. This is a pandemic. It's his fault. Uh, people are people have taken up drinking. I don't condone that. I, I just want to make sure you're okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. Um, yeah. Oh, my, my Leafs are golfing this week again. <laughs> And you know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to come with it. Um, I, I don't think my dog is friends with me anymore. And <laughs> I, don't, I know my wife is not friends with me anymore because I think I bounced my water bottle or off the floor, and I think it hit the ceiling on the way up. And the dog yeah. was so scared he just took off. So, yeah, yeah, it's just another one of those years, you know. You and, know, it's uh, it, it's right. funny that 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 lease roster looks it, it's it. Half of it is like young, uh, skilled talent, and the other half looks like the roster that I built on NHL 2009 on my PlayStation. Like uh, TJ Brody, Mark Giordano, Jason Spezza. Like those were my guys. How many goals? 60? Well, they all have their roles, right? You know, I, Sean, Sean knows, and you know, the other two guys aren't real big hockey fans sitting next to Sean, but. Uh... Everybody's got to be a part of it, and there might be a few changes next year, but I don't think too many. I I I, I continue to pray for you, Jordan Young, uh, fellas uh, at DGC, uh, so PC, well. Mike Bay, uh, <laughs> Legion. Uh, 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 Shaw, real quick, uh, I want you to weigh in. Uh, I want you to weigh in on these NHL playoffs so far. We got a couple of good game sevens tonight, too. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've already talked about it, Chris, but um, uh, Crosby's going to be back. Uh, Jerry's going to be back. I mean, that's huge. Make no mistake about yeah. that. But I'll echo what 
Jordan said, and I'm not trying to be PC with him, but with one little tightening of the screws, okay, they've got a good roster with the exception of sandpaper. They need some sandpaper. I'm sorry. When this happens a couple of times, maybe it's coincidence, but to be in this position for a few years in a row now, they need some grit guys. They need some sandpaper guys. And when push comes to shove, they've been pushed down. I mean, there's no other way to say that. And I'm, I'm not like taking shots at Jordan. I think Jordan knows that better than anybody. Um, they, they're, they're Shermany. So uh, I will say this and I know Jordan, what do you want to, what, 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 what bad things do you want to say about the Canadians? Go ahead. I'm holding. Well, I, well, I got this video text from some headless, headless warrior or some head warrior last night. That was, you know, whatever, Sean, I don't know what that was all about, but I disagree with Sean there and that they were gritty. I mean, Nylander fought guys off for that breakaway last night. Nylander was hard on the puck at times. There were two times he wasn't. Okay, everybody's piling on. Marner was awesome. Matthews, I still think he might have been a little bit hurt, although he, he had four, four goals and I don't know how many points, six or seven points. The guys fought their butts off. And, uh, you know, to knock down a two-time champion is not easy. And they kind of knew in the back that, that they were going to get it done too. So once you knock that guy off the top, um, you're not ready for, for getting it yourself. That's the way I look at it. They were tougher. Uh, Lions schedule release this week. BC, I know you've been Ooh, very, you, yeah. you're, you've been very pro Lions. Uh, what do you think of the schedule? Now. Oh, I was oh, texting. Geez. I guess I was texting Rody. I wasn't texting. You guys were on. I'm listening to you on the way in because I'm listening to WJR all the time. And um, I'm thinking nine wins, maybe 10. Oh, do you remember I'm the saying. One draft pick, BC, do you remember the number one draft pick? No, I remember the number two draft pick. That's so, all that well, matters. I mean, for the Lions. Aiden? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He was at Fox Hills. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He was hitting balls. He needs some flexibility exercises. But besides that, <laughs> I am still hot. Now I'm even higher on the Lions after looking at the schedule. And all anybody can talk about is the one o'clock games. Who cares? Play your one way into games. a primetime spot. I agree. Oh, I agree. They, they, don't, they don't deserve a primetime spot. No, they don't. They, so, they, you know what? They will get one. They'll get yeah. one. You yeah, start out 5 and 0, guess what? You're going to get five primetime games. I think. Uh, Sean, let me. I want you to tell me if I'm crazy here. I view this kind of in three tiers. If they double their wins from last season and get to six, I think fans are going to be happy. They're going to see that this thing is moving in the right direction. If they get seven or eight, I think that excitement builds. I think that excitement is is a little more palpable. If they get to nine or ten, whatever BC's drink, and I'll have some. Uh, I I think that this this thing is going to start getting into a full fever pitch here. Like I think there are different layers of where fans are going to be. No, I agree with you, and I, I I will say the same thing that I said a year ago at this time. I hope under people understand it's going to be a process because I'm thinking eight this year. That's where I'm at. I'm at eight. It, God help me, but I'm I'm at eight right now. And I think what's going to happen over the course of the year is they're going to see. Wow, if we had a better quarterback, who knows what might happen? I, I'm firmly in the camp that Jared Goff is not the long-term guy, that he's got one more year left on this, um, on, on being the man for the Lions. So I think that they're going to do well in spite of Jared Goff, and it's going to leave a lot of people sitting back saying, wow, what might happen if we got like a real legitimate quarterback in here? I don't think that he needs to do much. 
You know, we had a quarterback the last the 12 level. years. But oh, to go to absolutely, the next level. 100%. Because the running game has been so good for so many years, right? That's true, yeah. But yeah. they had a superstar quarterback, which we saw what really happened when he went to L.A. And, okay, he's okay. He's adequate. So Jared Goff is less than adequate. But you know what? I think they can still win a lot of games. He doesn't yeah. have to screw – as long as he doesn't screw up. That's the Lions a, will win. And, and, PC, to your point, that's – like, I've been somebody – last year I was looking two years ahead. Right. I'm like honestly, yeah. I'm looking at two twenty twenty three. No, yeah. Okay, let's go. Yeah. You know, you know who you know who we're asking Jared Goff to be Ryan Tannehill. Sure, like just be Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you'll you'll win some games. That's yeah, all. We're yeah. not asking you to be Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, or, or or Aaron Rodgers. We're asking you to be Ryan Tannehill. I think that's a, a fair bar to set. Uh, in the meantime, I was doing some some research on Jordan Spieth because oh. it feels like there's some momentum behind Spieth. You know what, BC? I've had a turn that thing off. Uh, if you go back to the beginning of the year, like I didn't, it feels like the momentum is building for Spieth, but he's been on a roller coaster this year. I mean, he's he's finished twenty first. He's missed the cut. He finished second at at uh, the uh, the pro am at Pebble Beach, and then he finished second at at Waste Management, like. He's all over the place. One, uh, the RBC Heritage, and then finished second today at Byron Nelson. I'd yep. love to be all over the place like that. Yeah. Well, you have to understand that he made some major, this is a major swing change. And I said, don't worry about Spieth, the first show, right? I said, don't worry about Spieth, because he's going to make a run to this FedEx thing at the end of the year. I mean, these swing changes are going to take place. Now, can he really, really, really trust it in the major? We're going to find out next week, but he didn't at Augusta, but I think different courses for different mm -hmm. folks. If he's got a little bit of room, he can play golf right now, but I think he's going to be really good. Pretty, yeah. pretty, you know, pretty, he's pretty close. And look, Mike, you know, Craig Ranch is not one of the, the most difficult courses that they play on this tour. Right. So uh, he was he, along with a bunch of other guys, uh, tore that thing up today. Uh, spin on golf coming your way next. Jordan Young, BC, Mike Fay, and of course, Sean Belegian. Stick around uh, those guys down at Detroit Golf Club. Have yourself a wonderful week. We'll catch you next weekend.